You're listening to The Yarn, it's a podcast for the Australian wool industry and today we're talking again about Wool Q and uh, today we have Will Wilson from Wool Q with us. Will, it is gaining uh, momentum and uh, it must be exciting to see Wool Q's rubber hitting the road. Look, it, it is, Marius, and well, look, we're very pleased to see, you know, that registrations continuing to um, to take place, um, mainly from wool growers who seem to be really embracing the platform. We've also seen businesses registering, uh, and it's really heartening to see those businesses, including not only wool growing businesses, but some larger broking firms, uh, some exporters, and indeed some class wool classes who've seen the benefits of RE Specie. So people are, uh, are starting to, to weigh in, but those people you've obviously been speaking with as well, what are they telling you about uh, the the functionality of WoolQ so far? Look, I think they're, they're, they're cautiously optimistic. Um, as you know, we, we launched our eSpecy and WoolQ network in February this year. We've recently had an, an, an additional launch, our second launch of functionality, uh, which had some enhancements to the industry network, which now includes a wool industry forum. Uh, this is a meeting place where wool growers, wool classes, brokers and buyers can connect to share ideas, experiences and learnings. Um, so that's pr pr you know, proving a useful tool. Secondly, um, we launched what we've called the My Wool Q dashboard, which provides a central archive of all the wool growers' data that relates to a particular clip. Uh, and finally, uh, we launched our Ready Reckoner tool, which has two sections. Uh, basically a market analysis that allows wool growers to get inst an instant estimate for the value of their wool based on up-to-date market pricing and a markets result piece that allows wool growers to see recent sale prices and benchmark and evaluate their own clip performance based on those benchmarks. So wool growers can actually go in there and, and essentially play with it and see what the market is meaning for them. Absolutely. In, in real time. Absolutely. And, you know, we're really excited, as I say, to see, you know, wool growers really embracing the platform. Uh, I think they're, they're cautiously optimistic that it'll provide them with, with the benefits that we're promoting, uh, which are, you know, greater transparency, more automation in the process. Um, but, you know, as, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, where uh, we're waiting till December to receive the final bit of functionality of uh, WoolQ platform, which will be what we've uh, called uh, WoolQ Market, which will be an online trading platform. So to complete the picture, as it were, we'll start working with, with our growers in shed when they you know, prepare for their shearing, and we'll complete the process when uh, they sell their wool, hopefully online on the WoolQ Market. The WoolQ Market, which will have two separate pieces, one which is the, a bulletin board of buying and selling interest, but also uh, it'll now have its own auction, and that auction will take place outside the existing open cry auction, so in no way will it compete with the open cry auction, but will hopefully enhance the suite of, of tools available to growers in which to sell their wool. Some people have been very nervous, or pe people within the industry have been nervous about the development of WoolQ, putting it frankly, that it was potentially going to put them out of a job. Um, but I think as time has gone on, uh, brokers particularly have seen how this can enhance their business and that brokers will always be required. Is this something that is, is now gaining weight amongst brokers? 
brokers will be an integral part of WoolQ's success. Um, I think growers will look to partner with their brokers when embracing WoolQ, and certainly the WoolQ market can only be accessed by brokers uh, on behalf of their growers. So I think you know now that the message is getting out and some of the, um, I suppose, the, the haze that did surround what WoolQ will actually do has cleared. Um, you know, a number of uh, larger brokers around the country are saying that this will not only enhance their business, but will provide them with a value-add tool with which to promote their businesses to their clients. Now, Will, uh, I get the opportunity to, um, to host retailers quite a bit as part of my job here in Australia, and a lot of them, in mm. fact all of them, mm. want greater traceability and this transparency. Um, and that is an aspect of WoolQ that, I don't know, we don't seem to often talk about the fact that uh, retailers and processors are, are really very keen for this development. They want to be closer to the growers. That, look, that's, that's, I mean, possibly the number one um, requirement that, that many of the growers spoke to us about in the first instance. We grow this wonderful product, but we often don't get feedback or can't interact with the people who are the end users of our product. And so we were very mindful that in developing you know, an online platform for wool growers, it would have to include this piece. So uh, the WoolQ industry network uh, is designed solely for that purpose, whereby wool growers can tell rich stories about the product that they're growing uh, and deliver that uh, sto those stories to an international audience. Uh, recently, we got a call from a retailer in Europe who said they wanted to get involved in a specific retail story that included the Flinders Ranges and asked us if we, if the WoolQ system could put them in touch with wool growers in that particular region in South Australia. Uh, we said certainly that is one of the functions of WoolQ and uh, we were able to put them in touch with, with people who had profiles on the WoolQ network. So you're spot on, Marius. This is a very important role that I believe WoolQ can play, which is firstly for wool growers to, to basically provide those rich stories that refer to their, you know, their particular wool growing uh, enterprises and indeed for those enterprises to promote themselves to a larger international audience. And uh, yes, and the, the opportunity to collectively market your wool based on potentially bloodline or geography or whatever it might Ab be. Absolutely. Yes. And that's not to, to cut out the intermediaries who are currently in place, but I think there was a feeling that a lot of the communication uh, isn't directly from the grower to the end user. And whilst it, you know, the, the important roles that both the brokers and the exporters play in that, in that communication doesn't mean that there can't be more direct interaction between the grower as the first stage producer and indeed the retailer who are selling the products on the high streets of, of Europe. Now in a recent podcast from Lamex we heard from uh, Melissa Clark, I think her name was, um, and she was from Beacon Land New Zealand and she was saying the development of uh, blockchain technology through a supply chain combined um, with, with traceability um, is going to be quite revolutionary and she was citing the opportunity to potentially sell um, to a processor such as Xenia whilst the wool was still growing and for them to contract that. So she's saying that blockchain plus traceability will revolutionise agriculture. What's your view on this and WoolQ's role? 
There's no doubt that the concept of a distributed ledger that blockchain provides, you know, has all sorts of applications to, to industries uh, which want to basically uh, provide traceability from start to finish. I think in the first instance, though, we're, we're just wanting to get wool growers comfortable with using digital tools, uh, and certainly we'll look at other applications once we, we provide that comfort to wool growers and they can see the benefits of using digital tools. Now, the elephant in the room has been um, access to the data. Where are we at with that uh, in terms of our WoolQ's relationship with AWEX? Um, look, th there's a number of data points in uh, the wool growing and selling cycle. Um, we're still in conversation with AWEX. Um, they've been very helpful uh, with us to date, uh, and we're hoping to continue you know, working with them to provide real-time data from the sale rooms. But, you know, as I say, it's an ongoing discussion. Now, as a Richmond supporter, you'd be feeling very optimistic about um, things at the moment, but you're about to walk out of the office with a fibre football football, and I'm concerned that um, uh, Richmond's, uh, you know, Richmond, a Richmond supporter is uh, removing a very important piece of merchandise from the office. There are, there what, are what are your plans for this football? Uh, in fact, I'm going to take it to a charity auction, actually, and um, Stuart said, despite its value having the Woolmark logo on it, it might be even more valuable if I could get Dusty Martin's signature Ooh. on it. So that's what I'm hoping <laughs> to go and get. Well, I tell you that the price to beat is 6400 because we had Shannon Hearn and Nat Fife sign one prior to Lamex, and it was auctioned for, um, yeah, it was over 6000 anyway, which was terrific. It all went to Beyond Blue. So that is your challenge, Will. I think, Dusty could, I think Dusty could beat that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Wow, there yeah. we go. So you might even see that on the offer board at uh, WoolQ in the future. But anyway, Will, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us. It sounds like uh, things are really progressing with WoolQ. And as part of WoolPoll, um, WoolQ is very much a, a part of the discussion with wool growers over the next couple of months. Yes, and hopefully you know, we can you know, continue to show wool growers the benefits that they'll receive once WoolQ is completely live later on this year. All right, thanks again. Thanks for having me again. Thank you very much, Marcus.